Fuck! What is that delicious smell I am smelling? Coming up on Philosophy Talk. What, do you smell something? Do I smell something? What am I, hard as smelling? What's unique about our sense of smell? Can our sense of smell tell us things that other senses are silent about? How can we get better at navigating the olfactory landscape? You smell that? What is that? What's that smell? What's that smell? What is that? I thought that was you. Do you smell that? Hey Josh, how do dogs smell compared to us? Terrible. Humans do really well. As good as rats, as good as pigs. Our guest is olfaction expert, Asfa Majid. Our sense of smell is a lot better than we thought in the last century. The philosophy of smell. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. What's unique about our sense of smell? Can it tell us things our other senses are silent about? How can we get better at navigating the world of scent? This is Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Josh Landy. And I'm Ray Briggs. We're coming to you from the Stanford Humanities Center. Continuing conversations that begin at the Philosopher's Corner on Stanford campus, where Ray teaches philosophy, and I direct the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. We're very grateful to the Symbolic Systems Program for sponsoring today's event. Welcome, everybody, to Philosophy Talk. Today, we're thinking about the philosophy of smell. You know, right, philosophers talk a lot about seeing things and hearing things. Why don't they ever talk about smelling things? Well, you know, some of them have, and they've found that smell is kind of weird. So when you see something, it's clear what you're looking at. There's a person or a chair or a room. When you smell something, what is it exactly that you're smelling? Well, I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, let's say I am, I'm smelling a delicious loaf of bread. I mean, aren't I smelling a delicious loaf of bread? Well, well maybe. But, but what happens if you walk into a kitchen where somebody was baking bread an hour ago, but now the bread's all gone? You're still smelling something, but what? All right, okay, that is a fun puzzle, but I don't see that it's that different from the other senses. Like, let's say, you know, I'm lying in a lovely grassy meadow at night, the sky's clear, I'm looking up at the stars, right? Well, I mean, a lot of what I'm looking at is long gone. So how is that any different? Like, you're smelling the lingering aroma of bread, I'm seeing the lingering trace of stars. God, don't be so dazzled by the stars, Josh. I mean, they're an exception. Most of the time, what you see is just right there in front of you, whereas, you know, the, the scent of flowers wafts in on the breeze or this horrible odor emanates up from the subway, what you're smelling is just puffs of air. Okay, look, I'll grant you that smell is different, but that just confirms my point. There needs to be a ton more philosophy of smell. Like, it's the stuff smell can do for us that no amount of looking and listening can make up for. Yeah, I don't think it's that complicated. So when I look at a picture, for example, I can distinguish different parts of the picture. I can name colors and shapes. Or, or when I, I, I listen to a song, I can, I can pick out individual notes and chords, even lyrics. But just try putting something like Chanel number no. 5 into any kind of words. Uh, no problem. Drama. Elegance. Boldness. You are the you. Yeah, nice try, but it's not going to help me pick it out of a lineup. 
Okay, maybe you won't help you pick it out of a lineup, but the only reason for that is we don't have the words for it. Most languages are totally biased against smell. We have a zillion and one words for a pretty face. We have like two for a nice fragrance. Yeah, and that's, th there's a reason for that. We don't need those words for smells. Our noses just aren't that sophisticated. What goes on, we pick up on maybe a tiny fraction of it, and it's not that important to your decision-making. So when's the last time you picked up a book because of the way it smelled? Okay, that's fair. But look, I, I noticed, Ray, that you didn't ask me about choosing a partner. I mean, when it comes to that kind of thing, many scientists would say there's a lot going on in the realm of smell. And whatever we're picking up on, we're picking up on unconsciously. That's why we don't have the words for it. Wait, wait, wait. You're, you're complaining that we don't have the words for something that we're not even conscious of. How is that supposed to work? In order to name something, I have to notice it. I have to notice it consciously. But I don't see the problem, right? I mean, look, take my favorite author, Marcel Proust. He had no problem writing about smells, and brilliantly, right? He said, even when the objects of our past are long gone, smell and taste still remain for a long time like souls. And on their almost impalpable droplet, they can hold up the immense edifice of memory. Isn't that gorgeous? It's absolutely lovely, but it doesn't tell me anything about the cookie he's writing about, much less how it smells. Like, I'm not going to write a 3,000-page novel every time I want to describe a pleasing aroma. Okay, but you don't need to write a 3,000-page novel. Just use a teensy, tiny little metaphor, right? I mean, that's what wine buffs do. They'll say a burgundy is serious and broad-minded, or a rosé is light-hearted and cheeky. Wait, wait, are, are you being cheeky? You're not being serious. So just imagine it. Two people are arguing. One of them says, oh, this rosé is very broad-minded. And the other one says, no, actually, it's kind of narrow-minded. How are they going to settle that? It, it, it's all just kind of interpretation. There's no fact of the matter. Well, I'm sure there are some facts about smell and even some philosophically interesting truths. And I bet our guest will help us figure out exactly what they are. It's Asfa Majid, an olfaction expert from the University of Oxford. But it's not just the philosophy of smell that's cool. There's also a lot of really fascinating olfactory art. So we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Holly J. McDeed, to have a sniff at some of it. She files this report. M. Doherty is a scent artist and researcher, and people ask a lot of questions about that. I keep getting asked if I've seen the movie Perfume, which is about a serial killer who's capturing body odor smells. So that's one that comes up a lot, which is good fun. I don't know what a formula is, but I can make a more psyche for you now. Huh? And you think I just let you slop around in my laboratory with essential oils that are worth a fortune? But Doherty's intentions are good. They want to help people improve their olfactory literacy, our ability to read smells. There's so much information being communicated in smell from like health to mood to history, cultures, all sorts of things like that. And I think we're just not socialized to tune into it. Doherty's interest in smell really kicked off during a class at the Institute for Art and Olfaction in Los Angeles, where they looked at recreating the smell of Cleopatra's perfume. And while I was there, I was smelling a whole wall of material, smelling things I hadn't really paid attention to before. And there was someone else that was recreating the smell of hot Cheetos. Blame it, hot Cheetos, anyone? Doherty was hooked. They created an odor organ. Instead of playing a sound, it plays a smell. 
you can really just play around with playing different keys, releasing different smells, combining them together. You can mix something like lemon, and then if you add a sweet note to it, it'll smell more like candy than citrus. During the thick of the COVID pandemic, Doherty showed their work at a gallery called Olfactory Art Keller in New York. Because of COVID, loss of smell was fresh in everyone's mind. They wanted to offer something good through smell, so they pumped the scent of the forest out to the sidewalk and scattered scented objects throughout the gallery. There's like the fresh air, right, where it's like air that's so fresh you can almost feel the cool when you're inhaling it. A little bit of decay, a little bit of funk. Trees, animals. The Orgonal Factory Art Keller can be political too. Gail Knowles is an internationally known pioneer of olfactory art and science. She's also disturbed by how synthetic fragrances are hurting the environment. Neurotoxins now are in every part of our environment. You know, they're in the top of the Alps, they're in the sludge where all young aquatic life is born. Knowles' exhibit at the gallery is a photographic series titled Politics of Perfume Objects, the Avon Suite. She arranged and reconfigured Avon decanters to give them a new narrative. Avon is a huge cosmetic company, and a decanter is a small plastic or glass vial that contains a fragrance. I began to explore how these chemicals ended up being so massively deployed into the, the United States in a short period of time. And I landed upon Avon and began to collect their older bottles and explore the iconography. In one piece, a bullet sits atop the Liberty Bell. In another, Thomas Jefferson is dwarfed by his handgun. It's just a bit crazy how this iconography was used to sell these untested chemicals and deploy them in mass tonnage throughout the country in no time. The exhibit also features a new scent, the smell of George Washington's false teeth. It was kind of about his favorite meal, really. The griddle cakes and honey and um, some other nice things that were soft because he had, he had a lot of teeth problems. This all might sound bizarre, but it shouldn't. We're talking about the facts of life. George Washington had false teeth. Smell is all around us. Olfactory Art Keller aims to make the world of smell-based art more accessible. Andreas Keller is its owner and operator. There's a big need. There's like a large group of, of creative interested in working with smell, but they have no infrastructure, they have no outlets, there's not enough knowledge to do that. And so I kind of felt that there's a need for doing that. As one of his visions. I would hope in the future to also have short movies that are scented. That way people can see, feel, and be in smell. Oh my god, that smells so good. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Holly Jimmy Deed. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.